Bet the Edge on Friday, September 17th. Big thanks to those of you joining us on our NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. With the whale, Drew Dinsick, I'm your host, Sarah Perlman. And coming up, Corey Parson. Will he go against the trend and back some underdogs in week two of the NFL? We'll find out. Speaking of underdogs, Thor Nystrom is backing some in college football. He's going to tell us who they are. Plus, edge of the day. We have all that so much more coming up right here on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet. Drew, happy Friday. Yeah, happy Friday. This is a, it's a, it's beautiful fall weather out. It's going to do a little Oktoberfest, I think, in the backyard this week. Uh, one of my buddies inspired me. So it's, you know, this is the time of year you want to, you know, you get the, uh, the barbecue out one last time. You know, you do the sausages because, you know, it's, it's Southern California. It's about to get into like the 60s, you know, and you, know, you got to, you got to get that one I last chance to, at a barbecue. I wanted you to preface that as you're saying one last barbecue <laughs> because we're going to get into the low 70s, 68. Yes. No barbecues uh, yeah. after 68. For those of you are not joining on our YouTube channel, not only are you missing on the live odds, you're also miss, missing out on a Drew Dinsick amazing Hawaiian shirt today. So I'll leave it with that. Now we get to some college football because it is Friday. We're getting ready for an exciting weekend. And before we get to both Corey and Thor for their plays, Drew, something caught our eye where I look at Ohio State laying 24 and a half points against Tulsa. They're 10 to 1 still to win the national title, by the way, for what it's worth after taking a fat L last weekend against Oregon. Now, before we get to this handicap in particular, the Big Ten gets a lot of love. Ohio State gets a lot of love. Do you rush back and lay this big number? Do you look at the futures market? How are you now approaching this team? Yeah, this was I was expecting more uh, value here on Ohio State at this point. Uh, pretty clearly, because it was an out-of-conference loss, they are still kind of in control of their own destiny in the Big Ten. The Big Ten always gets a ton of respect among the voting block in terms of putting someone in that Final Four because they're such a huge draw, not just fans for the game, but uh, you know across the country on the TV ratings. So I feel like that tends to give them a little bit of an inside track to getting into the four, you know the final four here but the problem is they now have a head to head loss against Oregon who looks like by far the cream of the crop in the Pac 12 uh, so Oregon is in the discussion now if they can remain undefeated if they can skirt through their schedule in the in the Pac 12 undefeated uh, you know they may have pole position on Ohio State to get that fourth slot and you know similarly it opens the door up for a second SEC team pretty clearly Georgia's head to head win over Clemson is going to be widely respected by the voting committee and then uh, similarly Similarly, Texas A&M still in the mix as far as uh, being able to pull off an upset against Alabama, in my opinion. So the price was not quite right to get involved with Ohio State at 10 to 1. If if we see this drift uh, to anywhere in the ballpark of uh, 15 or 18 to 1, then all of a sudden I'm seeing a little bit more line value. So I think we have to be patient on this. To put it in perspective, we're looking at Georgia 3 to 1 for the national title, Oklahoma 8 to 1, then Ohio State 10 to 1, along with Clemson, then at 11 to 1. In terms of this weekend, 87% of the bet count, 84% of the handle coming in on Ohio State in those 24 points. I have not placed a bet on this game. I look at last week with their 35 to 28 loss, as you mentioned, to Oregon. Um, Their defense has been really struggling, just giving up 33 points per game, 456 and a half total yards per game that's been tricky to now go into this game and hoping that their defense can turn it around after a tough loss to Oregon where you could certainly argue for Ryan Day's team that's never been on uh, this negative spotlight we're embarrassed on national television of course so I don't know if this will be a wake-up call if they have time to bounce back ultimately we're talking about college students in a big spot so I have not placed 24 and a half I'm curious if you're going to get involved and if not now what number 
I made the the uh, side on this one pretty fair at 24. Uh, so the fact that you have to lay the hook with Ohio State seems a little bit, you know, minus EV. And, you know, some, you know Tulsa's not, uh, you know, not a program that you can really look past. They're, you know, if you look at their schedule, their week one performance was not great. But they were missing so many people because of suspensions. I don't think you can absolutely... Uh, you know, use that to evaluate them at all. And, you know, they have a reasonably decent defense of Ohio State's. Ohio State's defense is a problem. Ohio State's quarterback is not accurate. Those are two things that are going to consistently hold them back this year. There'll be some surprise losses on their schedule. This is not one of those, but uh, over under 61, a little bit high, considering uh, the fact that last week you had two pretty high-flying uh, offenses going head-to-head -head with Oregon and Ohio State, and it really uh, uh, you know, didn't see quite as many points as were warranted in that one, particularly early on. I guess you can argue the only good thing is that Tulsa's offense has not been electric nor firing on really any cylinder, averaging just around 20 points per game. So not a feel on the total nor the side. It's a stay away. I will be curious, though, after this game, the reaction we see in the college football market. Really quickly, I know we're getting a comment in on our YouTube channel for those watching live, and it's... <laughs> and it's uh, Vaughn, and he thinks you brought the heat today. He wants to know if you have a promo code for that, for that shirt you're wearing out in Hawaii. You got it. I don't, but you can use Drew10 to get 10% <laughs> off your NBC Plus Edge subscription. Oh, I'm so happy you brought us there with the Drew10 <laughs> code because maybe we're going to get Drew a nice clothing sponsorship where you can use the code Drew10. But for now, here's a better promo code because if you've drafted your fantasy team, you could dominate your draft by purchasing an NBC Sports Edge Plus subscription where you'll get player projections, rankings, alerts for players on your roster, so much more. Type in the code Sarah10, you will get 10% off any annual subscription. You know, of course, the NBC Sports Edge Plus subscription gives you many 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 tools beyond just the ability to win your season-long fantasy league it will help you build optimal lineups for daily fantasy as well as pick out the winning player props like our birthday girl sarah yesterday with the birthday karma getting her thomas over four and a half receptions home in the most spectacular way you would have uh you would have thought it was it was deserved we all agree it was the right side uh, but it needed some pretty fluky, uh, that fluky Heineke interception and one more drive where they needed to score in order to come home. So good job by you. But definitely get involved with the NBC Sports Edge Plus subscription so that you can find the winning props as well. Nothing shy of a birthday miracle on that because I do agree it was the right side, but it took a little bit of luck at the end of that game for that one to go my way. So shout out to Logan Thomas getting that fifth reception at the end of the game. We'll stay in the NFL here. Obviously, talked a little bit about Thursday night football, but now a lot of games on Sunday that I know we can't wait to see. And for that, let's bring in Corey Parson to break down some of these games as he's getting ready with his plays. And let's start with the Houston Texans playing the Browns, where we're going a little head-to-head -head here because I did see you like the Texans and the points. At 13, I understand I did get involved when this was 11 and a half earlier in the week. So money has just steamed on the Cleveland Browns, and rightfully so. Obviously, Texans got that huge upset, but I would like to hear your case ultimately for why you like this Houston team and Tyrod Taylor and what he could bring against this Browns defense. Corey's audio is having a second. He'll join us back in a second, but let's break down this game for a second, Drew, as he uh, sure. fixes his audio, because as I did mention, I laid the 11 and a half with the Browns. Oh, this line is now at 13, um, which is crazy because I went for edge of the day and I tried to give this out, but ultimately 13 it's arguably a key number in the NFL, going to 10, then to 13. Sure. Um, I think they win probably by two touchdowns comfortably, but 13 obviously um, is a no play if you're looking at it now for me. This is the largest spread in the Baker Mayfield era, which is crazy. But wow. they are playing this Houston team that's 
coming off of a very good weekend for their week one. Not that it was a tough competition, but I like the Browns in their home opener in this spot. I think they are going to have a field day against this Texans defense. I completely agree with you on this. And in fact, my fair price is well off market here. And I, but I didn't lay the points with Cleveland. You did a great job of getting a good number here. Now that it's at 13, you're, we're pretty, pretty close to my median projection here. My expected score is 30 to 17. But really, if you break it down a little bit more, if Cleveland can get out to a lead here, uh, I'm not sure how Houston is going to look in comeback mode. Uh, this way that the way that they are rostered, they were pretty um, well set up, I thought, to hold on to that lead against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They could play a little bit more conservative defense. They, you know, they dropped a couple more guys into coverage. They caught a couple interceptions that way. Of course, there were some bad Trevor Lawrence throws as well that contributed to that. Um, but ultimately, yeah, this Houston, uh, this Houston team is not necessarily built to come from behind. Uh, a lot of the Terod Taylor, you know, passes down the field were somewhat fluky and against a little bit better secondary here with Cleveland. I think they're going to have a tougher time, not to mention uh, Miles Garrett could be living in the backfield here. And Terod Taylor has a tendency to hold on to the ball for a little too long. So just in general, as a Miles Garrett defensive player of the year uh, ticket holder, I wouldn't mind, you know, five sacks, two forced fumbles and a touchdown from Miles Garrett. I think that's in the cards. See, I would love that as well, but somebody that wouldn't is Corey Parson, who is now joining us yet again. We gave our take here on why we like the Browns, but listen, there's two sides to every game. In particular, this is a 13-point spread for Baker Mayfield. So the Houston Texans, let's hear it, Corey. Well, I was listen, I, I think we looked known that over the whole course of the offseason. I've been a backer of the Houston Texans going over that win, sort of obviously getting that 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 the easiest money on the board last week was them versus the unexperienced Jaguar team. Now you come in a situation where you're going on the road to the Cleveland Browns, which is a solid Cleveland Brown football team, but 13 points is way too much. To be honest with you, I'm willing to get an alternate line on this and bet this at Houston Texans plus four and a half. Listen. Tyrod Taylor is not going to be embarrassed. As a matter of fact, Tyrod Taylor is 3-8, ATS, and is in his career as a starting quarterback. As a matter of fact, he's over 500 on the money line as a starting quarterback in his career. This is a lot of veterans on this team. You got veterans on the offensive line. You got veterans on the defensive line. Remember, the stench of Bill O'Brien is away from this Houston Texan organization. So I like the Texans to keep this one close. Very, very good. Uh, well, I can see it happening. You know, there was a kind of a surprise unreported or underreported injury, I guess. The uh, the defensive play caller for the Cleveland Browns went on IR today. So they're going to have a, a little bit of a shuffle here on defense, getting the new guy up to speed. So uh, that may open the door a bit for the Texans. The uh, game that I got some early action on was the Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders, of course, coming off of a hugely emotional Monday night football win, now turning around on a short week and going to Heinz Field to take on Ben Roethlisberger in his home opener, also coming off of a very impressive week one win. This line out to Pittsburgh minus six right now. Are you still seeing value even at the six? Yeah, I'm still seeing value even at the six. Obviously, one of this is a situation right here where it's one of the situations that I really like to bet, and that is fading a trendy underdog. And that's what the Las Vegas Raiders have become this week, a trendy underdog. We've seen the big win this past weekend versus the Baltimore Ravens on Monday Night Football. Then they come back. Everybody's feeling real good about the, the Raiders right now. Old school AFC matchup with a different twist, Las Vegas versus Pittsburgh. Once again, I'm going to lean on Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, ATS. Amazing. Mike Tomlin as a home favorite, something like 55%, 56% cashing against the spread. On the other hand, John Gruden on the road in his tenure as Raiders head coach, 10-14 and 14 on the road, ATS. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to fade the Las Vegas Raiders. 
I love this play um, for all the reasons you said, and Drew did break it down in depth on blitzing the board yesterday and uh, definitely sold me on this one. And we don't like to take a lot of teams where there's like 90% of the money. This is not one, actually, surprisingly enough, 56% of the bet count coming in on the Steelers, 52% on the Raiders. So definitely um, looks like this number will stay at six, but I'm with you. I like Pittsburgh in this spot. Another game, um, I have not put a wager on this one. It's the 49ers and the Eagles, and the total is what I'm curious about here. I do know the Niners are laying three. Opened at three and a half. Money certainly came out on the Philadelphia Eagles. Their offense looks extremely competent with Nick Sirianni running the show with Jalen Hurts. I was very impressed by them. And they both put on awesome offensive performances in week one. Right now, the total is 49 and a half for the 49ers in Philadelphia. What say you, Corey? Yeah, I'm taking the over on this one right here. I think it's going to be one of the more entertaining games of week number two. One thing about the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, they are good on the offensive line. They're good on the defensive line. And when you're good in the trenches, your team is going to be able to play. So one thing that we have seen this week, we've actually seen the Philadelphia Eagles odds to win the NFC East shorten from about plus 500 to about plus 275. The reason why I like the over in this game right here is basically because based on these offenses, and plus I'm not sure how well that 49 defense is going to travel. Jalen Hurts, we've seen him be able to, you know, create mismatches and create problems for some teams. They got some good young playmakers on both sides of the football. So I think we see a real good up and down game. So I like the over and the cash in this one right here. We ride together on that one. Uh, I got a decent price on this, although there has been some late market movement coming back down here. Yeah, um, I'm wondering Sunday morning. Yeah, okay. I, I think I'm wondering if. Uh, you can still probably attack Philadelphia team total over here because their offense has been surprisingly frisky uh, and you can get that at around 23 and a half still. So worth keeping an eye on that market. Uh, the another total that I got involved with that steamed well up was this Cowboys Chargers total. It's sitting at 55 right now. Obviously, uh, you know, a lot of this plays into, you know, confidence in the in the Cowboys offense and lack of any confidence in the Cowboys defense. Is that the way you see this as well? Yeah, I will keep playing over in Dallas Cowboy games until they don't until it until it doesn't go over. You got a situation this week where Demarcus Lawrence, their best player on defense, he hasn't been a good player since he signed a big contract. To be honest with you, but their best player on defense not competing this week, and they're going on the road. It's going to be a Dallas Cowboy crowd. Dak Prescott's going to throw for over 400 yards yet again, but the Dallas Cowboys offense defense, excuse me, is not going to be able to stop the loss of the San Diego, the whatever they play at, the <laughs> Orange County Chargers, whatever the name of the team is. They're not going to be able to stop them. It could be the Bad News Bears, and the Dallas Cowboys defense is not going to be able to stop them. So I'm hammering Cowboy over, Justin Herbert passing yards over, Dak Prescott passing yards over, everybody over except Ezekiel Elliott. I like the look, and that's coming for a Cowboys fan calling their defense not good, so you know it's true. Uh, all the money's coming in on the over. We mentioned this opened at 52. Now we're looking at 55. You still go over 92% of the handle on the over in this one. Corey, good luck with all your plays. We will talk to you soon. No doubt, and Sarah, I do want to mention this. The Baltimore Orioles under has cashed. <laughs> Surprise to me. You know, I honestly was not keeping track of that. But I think they're sitting an under 50 win, so that does seem to make some sense as we get Yeah, we could have guessed that, yeah. Could have guessed yeah. that during a rebuild. Yeah. But uh, thanks for rubbing it in, Corey. Uh, in all seriousness, <laughs> follow Corey on Twitter at the Fantasy Exec. You could check out all of his NFL and college football content on his Twitter and, of course, NBCSportsEdge.com. Probably some baseball nuggets as well. We appreciate you guys listening to Bet the Edge. Wherever you're listening, make sure to rate the podcast. Of course, sign up. We're trying to give you the most actionable information every single week. I just just about 30 minutes or less. Do yourself a favor. Sign up so you can gain an edge with us. And, of course, you can follow us on Twitter as well. 
Appreciated all of the uh, folks who have reached out this week to share their excellent tips. I've got a couple of good nuggets uh, in terms I have of too. just like, hey man, like uh, you mentioned this, but did you consider this? And uh, oh, hey, did you see this? Uh, this guy's out. You know, love love that information. Networking is super valuable in this space. So find us on Twitter. Sarah is available at Sarah Perlman, and I am Whale underscore Capper. We're going to transition here to college football where I want all of the info I can get from this guy, Thor Nystrom, to break down week three in college football. And I take a look at week four, rather, I take a look at Temple and Boston College. And um, as I stand, Temple's getting 14 and a half in their opener. I was a little shocked by this one just because of the injuries that Boston College has dealt with as of late. Ultimately, how do you handicap this one, especially with the total now sitting at 57? And first of all, happy belated, Sarah. Uh, yeah, I don't so, know the word. I was taking only winners, and I got a few last night from people. So this is going to keep the trend for Friday. So let's hear it for. Absolutely, yeah. So when when this line came out, it was like seventeen, and even as of uh, Wednesday, it was still Boston College minus sixteen and a half. I wrote in my Tuesday column that that was stunning to me because Boston College lost Phil Jerkovic, their best player by far, their quarterback. Uh, to a, a season-ending right wrist injury on Saturday against UMass. The books didn't seem to be taking into account that injury whatsoever. My adjusted line on that game from early this week was Boston College minus 14.5. Again, that line started at like minus 17, minus 16.5. It has come down to basically right where my adjusted line is at minus 14.5, but it still doesn't appear to be taking in, into account Jerkovec's injury. Uh, you take him away, and, and now Boston College is starting this veteran organizational soldier. I call him Dennis Grossel. He's you know fifth-year senior um, who's been, been around there for a long time. That takes away the ceiling for Boston College big time. You, you go from a team that could win eight, nine, maybe even ten games to now they're going to struggle potentially to make a bowl game. It's a totally different kind of a team. Last week against, against UMass, they only won 45-28, to 28, even though Grossel went 11 for 14 for 199 yards and a touchdown. Pat Garwell, he ran for 100 60 yards in that game on 10.7 yards per carry again they still only won 45 to 28 temple they beat akron 45 to 24 last week a, a very similar type team this is way more of a bet against boston college and a bet on temple but this is just way too many points to be giving a temple team when you have this new guy dennis grossel coming in who's been around there for a long time and hasn't played at quarterback for boston college I love it. And uh, Boston College also dealing with another, another uh, you know, kind of wash of injuries beyond the quarterback position, which mm -hmm. people may be looking past. And so, Jalen uh, Gill will not be back this week, that, the, the Ohio State four-star transfer. He just started running. That was I was thinking of. Yeah. 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 So uh, trouble in trouble in Boston, no doubt about that. Hopefully the uh, Temple Owls can, uh, can take a step forward. Interesting matchup out in the Rockies. We have Arizona State taking on BYU. BYU, of course, has had some growing pains as they have had to rebuild on the fly after losing so many talented and uh, experienced players in, in last year's uh, class. Do you think Arizona State can take advantage of this? And are we getting a, a you know an advantage price here with uh, just a very short three and a half on the road? Yeah, I had some growing pains trying to fade BYU last week against Utah, but I'm 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 way I'm even more confident this week that this one's going to hit. I I misfired on that one last week, but it was a bit of a deceiving uh, type final box score. I think it was 26-14 uh, 
14, something like that. But Utah, they had more rushing yards, more passing yards, higher uh, percentage completed, only finished with 40 less. I'm sorry, uh, more rushing yards per play, uh, more uh, passing yards per play, only finished with 40 uh, less total yards. But Utah turned the ball over uh, two more times. And situationally, on third and fourth down, they went 18.1% in conversions, whereas BYU went 60%. So you just had this situational football discrepancy and then a turnover discrepancy that got away from Utah. My opinion on BYU, it hasn't changed whatsoever. We talked about it last week. It's one of the least experienced teams in the NCAA because they lost, I think I think it was five guys got drafted, seven guys uh, undrafted free agents. So it's, it's one of the least um, experienced teams coming back, um, least returning production uh, coming back. And we have seen this manifest on the field uh, so far. It just hasn't manifested in losses yet. You see this in various uh, position groups. For instance, their defensive front has been getting, it's been forgiving uh, so far. It's been pretty generous so far. They're giving up almost five yards a carry. They're number 95 in the country, 4.6 yards per carry. And they haven't been playing. I mean, Utah was an okay opponent. I think in, in week one, it was Arizona, not a very good opponent. Arizona State, their strength is their rushing attack. Obviously, Jaden Daniels, a quarterback, and then they have three stud running backs. They're number 15 in the country uh, with 5.6 yards per carry, 256 rushing yards per game. So that's a mismatch there. The other thing is BYU's offense has totally changed from last year. Last year was more of that, um, you know, it was like the, the, the zone read type stuff in, in, with the ground game. And then it was the chuck it up uh, deep off a of play action for, you know, with Zach Wilson and then going deep to Dax Milne and stuff like that. This year, it's a totally different offense where uh, Jaron Hall, the guy who's taken over at quarterback, he scrambles around a whole bunch. And they don't throw a whole lot at all. And when they do, it's just this this short stuff. There's a six foot four uh, receiver that they have. That's basically the, all they do through the air. Uh, Hall is averaging like 64 rushing yards per game. Extremely risk averse passing game uh, for BYU this year. Which, again, just totally different. Uh, Arizona State secondary is really good. And so I think they're going to be able to make BYU totally one dimensional. I don't think BYU is going to be, be able to do anything through the air. And you talk about last week where the, the one thing that BYU had going for them was situational football. I think when uh, Arizona State makes them just totally predictable this coming week and is able to control the clock on offense, um, I, I think what, you know once you get to those situational plays where BYU is in third and long, et cetera, um, I, I, I just don't think Jaron Hall is going to be able to convert those through the air. Okay, awesome breakdown, Thor. And you are having market agreement in the sense that just 52% of the bet count coming in on Arizona State, but 76% of the handle. So obviously a lot bigger money coming in on the side you like. I have a two-part question for the final game we got to get to. It's Georgia Southern getting 23 and a half playing Arkansas. And of course, last week I was shocked when I saw Arkansas come up with that huge upset over Texas. I was on the wrong side of that one, um, admittedly so. But after seeing these teams play for two weeks in Arkansas, what have you seen that you have clearly not really liked or believe in to let Georgia Southern get 23 and a half points in this one. Yeah, this is more, this is a situational play. Um, I guess it's a, it's a um, let down, look ahead sandwich uh, classic, spot. <laughs> classic spot. for Arkansas. Yeah. You don't see him bigger than this. Uh, last week, Arkansas has that huge upset over Texas, beats them by three touchdowns or whatever, just boat races them. Next week, they welcome Texas A&M to town. Not only that, Arkansas after that has three more ranked opponents. After that, it's it's uh, Georgia, Mississippi, 
uh, and Auburn come after Texas A&M. So you have four straight ranked opponents after this game. Georgia Southern just sitting in, in, in the middle of this, this little gauntlet here, and they're not a fun team to play in a letdown look-ahead sandwich kind of a game. Even though they got their butts kicked by FAU last week, they haven't looked great. They're one and one, but they're a, t- a triple option team that plays very, very slow. One other thing I'll say, their starting quarterback missed the first two games, Justin Tomlin. He's coming back from an academic suspension this week. Also, they're starting running back, J.D. King. It appears he's going to come back from an injury this week. They've been a little bit tight-lipped about that, but he did reappear on, on the depth chart with the or next to his name. So, I, you know, when that stuff happens, you know, they're they're getting really close. The other thing I'll say, you know, everyone's really in on, on Arkansas right now, obviously, because they kicked Texas at butt. Let's just flip the calendar to one week before that when they were playing Rice, and Rice was ahead in the third quarter, and, you know, the game was tied with 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And Arkansas, you know, they turned it on there at the very, very end and scored three touchdowns, but that's what made that game look like they won at margin. Rice was leading that game for a long time. If Arkansas plays patty cake with Georgia Southern at all, we're going to cover this 23-and-a-half number without sweating whatsoever this is an inflated line as is just objectively and and that that's not touching on the fact georgia southern's getting players back the fact that this is an all-time let down look ahead sandwich spot and 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 all those different things i was gonna have a classic let down look ahead sandwich for lunch but maybe i'll just bet georgia southern instead i'm getting hungry now too (laughs) right georgia southern plus 23 and a half arizona state and ultimately the final play temple plus 14 and a half versus boston college Thor, you are not only the master of the classic letdown look-ahead sandwich spot, you're the best as always. Be sure to check out his stuff on NBCSportsEdge.com and on Twitter at ThorKU. Thanks, Thor. Always a pleasure, guys. Have a good weekend. All right, you better not be giving me the look-ahead letdown sandwich for the edge of the day because we've been there, done that, and I can't say it again without getting my tongue tied. So, edge of the day. <laughs> We wrap up the show, as everyone knows by now, with our favorite play, whether it's for tonight or for the weekend. The floor is yours. Yeah, my letdown look ahead sandwich this week was playing on the Colts, not the Rams, uh, you know, against the Rams. But uh, this, uh, this, <laughs> this final Friday, uh, final play of the week for me uh, is going to go with Bill Belichick and Mac Jones, our guy, our offensive rookie of the year. Our guy uh, yes. is going to he's going to New York. Big. He's going to the Big Apple. Uh, he's going to be on the big stage, and he is going to hang a number on this New York Jets defense that is quite poor by my rankings. Maybe ultimately we look at this roster with and and see what Robert Sala gets out of them and say, "Wow, he accomplished a lot with very little talent." But ultimately, I love the idea that the Patriots can dictate, absolutely dictate with their offensive line play in this one. Put all of those you know, the defensive linemen in place, make easy third down conversions for Mac Jones, and then set up uh, some big plays down the sideline. He has thrown some very, very nice balls uh, in the 20 to 30 yard range along the sidelines, specifically when you kind of get into that borderline field goal territory. I'm expecting Patriots touchdowns, not field goals in this one. Much, much softer test here compared to their uh, game against the Miami defense, which gives you so many different complicated looks last weekend. And on the flip side, I think the Patriots defense with their uh, absolutely wave upon wave of pass rushers is going to make life miserable for poor Zach Wilson. So uh, this is a great spot for the Patriots. Uh, My fair price in this one is seven. So anything shorter than uh, minus seven, I am laying the points. New England Patriots get into the winner's circle week two.
There's nothing I want to see more. As you mentioned, big Mac Jones fans here with our rookie of the year. Ooh, now big Mac, man, we're, we're really in a lunch, lunch mind here. <laughs> I'm starving. Honest to God, I am really hungry. <laughs> so uh, let's stop talking about the sandwich and let's get to my edge of the day. I gave it a lot of NFL plays throughout the week. So I dug trying to get involved in the college football market and I came across one but I like uh, it's Notre Dame laying seven versus Purdue. This did open at 11 and a half. And I understand why it was bet down to seven. This is a really good buyback spot, in my opinion, for the fighting Irish last week was tough for Notre Dame. We saw that they threw a pick six, fumbled the ball twice. I think they're going to clean it up. Their defense has struggled, but I do think this is a better spot for them. I look at Purdue. They're getting so much love. They beat Oregon state and UConn. So I'm really not convinced. Yes, their defensive stats look really good, but it's because they just played UConn. So obviously they're going to be a little fluffy. Um, Oregon State was able to put up or pass for rather 306 yards against Purdue. I do think Jack Cohn in this offense will find success, not to mention they're at home. They are very good at home. They're actually nearly unbeatable. 25 consecutive games at Notre Dame Stadium. That's a record in the modern day. Um, I do think Jack Cohn gets it going if their defense can kind of put it together and hopefully get not only a win, but the first cover of this season, start three and now it's a good play for me at seven. I know this has bounced around a little bit between seven, seven and a half. If you're not using our tools, do so because you can see where money has come in. Um, but for me, I will take Notre Dame minus seven at home playing Purdue and what I think is a nice get right spot because people have been hating on Notre Dame for a few weeks now. Yep. Surely you are buying low on the fighting Irish and, uh, you know, to make matters better for you, Purdue's not going to have their giant drum. So, uh, you know, that's worth a couple. That's worth at least a field goal right it's there. It's definitely so, worth. It's definitely worth a field goal. That's for see. sure three points. So it's really all I need is them to win by, you know, a field goal, four points. It's no big deal. Uh, we're taking the Golden Domers. And, of course, we are taking the New England Patriots and so much more. If you need other NFL plays, our shows throughout the week here on Bet the Edge, you can either go back on YouTube or the podcast version. And, of course, Blitzing the Board airing on YouTube now and on Peacock. You can check out our NFL plays there. Also go to NBCSportsEdge.com. So much information, tools, analysis to help you to become a better better and better analysis throughout the weekend. Thank you guys so much for joining us all week here on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet. For Judinsic and everyone else here with NBC Sports Edge, I'm Sarah Perlman. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you right back here on Monday.